everything about photography. The best thing about photography is there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad images. And even out-of-focus images are still photographs. Hi, I'm Kendall Jennings. I am Australian photo, motocross photojournalist. I began taking photos professionally back in 2002. And PhotoX is a series podcast about photography. So this episode, I'm going to introduce you to the world of film. Now, which I think is appropriate to follow after episode two, George Eastman. Now, just a little recap, okay? My mate George, I, I love George Eastman, as I said in the previous, <laughs> previous. I just think that um, he was a perfectionist, and if he didn't achieve what he did, then uh, yes, but obviously not a not a well-liked man with his employees, which, yes, I can understand both sides of that. So... George Eastman invented the role of film back in 1885. He perfected celluloid film in 1888 and between 1888 and 1889. Now, this is where everything gets a little bit interesting. Um, celluloid was the first synthetic plastic, plastic material developed in the 1860s and 1870s. Now, it was made from... Uh, sort of like a uh, harmonious dispersion, colloidal, whatever you want to call it, of nitrocellulose and camphor. Uh, it's a tough, flexible, moldable material that is resistant to water, oils and dilute acids and is capable of low-cost production in various colours. Uh, Celluloid was made into toiletry articles, novelties, photographic film, which is what we're going to cover in a minute, and many other mass-produced goods. So, very. this is where it gets very interesting, and um, <laughs> I have a little bit of a chuckle, because um, there's, a, there's a, a little bit of a story about how Kerrang got moved to where it is now. That's Kerrang, Victoria, my hometown, and um, basically the... Uh, there was a little bit of shenanigans going on and the guy didn't want to sell his land. So <laughs> this other fellow, I can't remember the name, I think it's Patchell, I think his name was, he um, relocated up further the Loddon River and then hired a horse and cart to uh, make the road be more populated towards his town to get all the business. And I thought, oh, shenanigans. <laughs> you know, the, the things they went to um, back in the day with the horse and cart. <laughs> anyway... Back to photography. <laughs> um, in 1887, the Reverend Hannibal Goodwin uh, filed a patent application for camera film on celluloid rolls. Now, he beat Kodak by two years, but this instance set out a 27-year legal battle. So uh, you can tell that uh, George Eastman stuck to his guns and stuck to his principles, but uh, in this case, he was unsuccessful. So... Here we go, keep going on. Um, Goodwin liked projecting lantern slides on, of Bible stories to his Sunday school kids. And he wanted to try making his own. However, he found that, you know, the intricacies, there's a big word for today, boys and girls, um, of glass plate photography, too daunting. And that was the whole 
issue with photography when it started out is that you had to have the right amount of, um, yeah, I just can't, can't remember the name, but I haven't got it written down. Sorry about that. But um, you had to have the right type of fluid. And then you only had you know, 10 to, to 30 seconds before it was developed and gone, which we'll cover in another episode. But we, we're moving along. This is going to be like a 20-minute episode today. So, however, um, yes, yeah, so you found the, the inter- interaxes. Sorry. <laughs> good old pronunciation there. Don't do good with that. Um, too daunting with the, the glass sides. And he decided that he would invent a medium that was better and easier to work with with the photographic emulsion. So Goodwin is a 65-year-old clergyman. He's not a professional chemist. However, after two years of tinkering in his, uh, his attic laboratory, just imagine how, um, <laughs> how sort of like a Frankenstein era back in that time. He would have been, oh, don't go to that church, boys and girls. He's got a laboratory upstairs. So you can imagine imagine the hype and everything that would have happened, <laughs> happened in that period. Anyway, um, he's been ticking in a laboratory for two years and finally produced a fex- flexible film from nitrocellulose. And uh, he trademarked, it, trademarked the plastic, um, which was introduced in 1869. Now, without clear understanding of the chemistry involved... Yeah, he did the best he could. He filled, filled a, he filed, sorry, he filed a vaguely worded patent application. So, um, basically, that's yeah. He was the guy that done it first. So we'll say his name again: Hannibal Goodwin. Goodwin, sorry, Goodwin. Hannibal Goodwin. And I'll put some uh, links on our little little photo X page on this on this uh, clergyman. So, George Eastman sent his chemist, Henry Reinbach, to develop a film medium that would be easier to develop than the paper films, uh, that would be clear, light, flexible, capable of holding photochemical emulsion and resistance to folding, shivering, stretching, wrinkles, blemishes, bubbles and streaks. So, a very, (laughs) a very daunting task. Anyway... Uh, Reinbach developed a formula remarkably similar to Goodwin's with one additional green ingredient, which was camphor. Now, he filed a tightly worded patent in April 1889. Now, how cool is that, um, that a clergyman has figured out how to do this and he's not even a chemist. He's just been tinkering with toys in his little upstairs attic. So, Goodwin's application um, has been languished by multiple revisions uh you know trying to get it you know this this is my invention this is how you do it yada 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 it's mine right bang i don't know the scientific terms but it's this is it's a, the same product is produced so the Reinbach patent was approved in december of 1889 so um so so he put the application in april 1889 and december of yeah at any nine. So that's gone through because everything's, you know, dotted the I's, crossed the T's. Now, the new Kodak film went on to sale the following year, and obviously it was an immediate success. So it wasn't heavy. Uh, you didn't have to, like, add anything to it. You just picked up, you know, loaded it into your camera, and away you went. 
Uh, it was flexible. So there you go. You didn't have to take all the chemicals out on the road with you. And um, I, it just, it's just such a daunting process, you know, back in that time, horse and cart, a mobile dark room with all the chemicals. And we'll go, I've actually got a, um, a favourite a favourite photographer that I'll go into as well who went across the Nevada desert back in the day in the first mobile dark room. So we'll get, <laughs> we'll get into that. As I said, I love photography. It's just, just so awesome, the history of it. Um, so Goodwin, now retired, contested the Eastman Reinbach patent. Uh, this case wound its way through the labyrinth of administrative patent process until 1898 when Goodwin was finally awarded his patent. Now, poor Mr. Goodwin, obviously he was 65 when he invented this, so getting on a little bit. Uh, Goodwin died what in what is considered the last day of the 19th century, which is the 31st of December, 1900. Now, Goodwin's widow sold the company to Anthony and Chivel, which became Ansco in uh, 1907. Now, the company produced a small amount of film based on Goodwin's original patent and then decided they were going to sue <laughs> Eastman Kodak uh, because Kodak's problem was that um, in order to improve its film and accommodate n- the new manufacturing process, it had reduced the amount of camphor in all of its formula and basically if you had uh, Goodwin's film on one side and Kodak films on the other, you couldn't um, distinguish. They were indistinguishable. So basically, from Reverend Goodwin's original formula, they um, nothing much has changed. So after more than a decade of legal debating, wrangling, yada, 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 the US uh, circus, circus, probably was a circus back then, but um, the US Circuit Court of Appeals found in favour of ANSCO and uh, Goodwin's heirs of, in 1914. So basically the start of the war. Um, yeah, so, but obviously America wasn't involved in the war, but I'm just saying that that was the, the period of a very stressful time in the world. And here they are arguing about um, who invented the film. So <laughs> Goodwin's patent was due to expire the following year. However, Eastman Kodak had to pay more than $5 million at the time, which was of George Eastman's net worth at the time for past infringement and future license. So (laughs) imagine what, um, $5 million back in the day, oh, that'd be like, I suppose like 120 or something million dollars these days. Okay. Yeah. A lot of money. Um, so Goodwin's original, uh, terminator, terminology dominated photography for a century before the advent of digital cameras. So what is film? Photographic film is a strip or sheet of transparent plastic film base coated on one side with gelatin emulsion containing light sensitive silver hydrate crystals. Now the sizes and other characteristics of the crystals determine the sensitivity, contrast and resolution of the film. Now film comes in different width for different types of cameras the industry standard is 35 mil so film speed is directly related to image quality as the as the film speed increases obviously the quality tails off now films with an iso rating of a thousand 
and above have a huge coarse grain and their colours are muted and they're less sharp than their, obviously, their slower cousins. Basically, speed over quality. Uh, the the ultra-slow film, ISO 25 to 50, offers a premium image quality with most invisible grain and razor sharpness. Uh, it's ideal for enlargements. However, its lack of speed means that you'll have to use a tripod. Um, and it's, it's best in brightest conditions. So, you know, tripod, avoid camera shake. So slow film, ISO 50 to 100, is the perfect general use. Uh, and it's a standard choice for most photographers that choose to use film. Uh, image quality is superb. However, extra speed comes in handy, and if you like to handhold your camera, uh, a, a tripod still will be necessary in low light. Fast film, 200 to 400. ISO 200 is an ideal for compact camera users um, who have little to no control of their exposure because it offers perfect compromise between speed and image quality and can be used in a wide variety of lighting situations. So coarser grain of film, weaker colour, uh, it will become more noticeable with your ISO 400 film. However, you're shooting fast action in dull light. So, yeah, and you don't have to use a tripod. So that, that that's sort of like compromises. This was the word I'm thinking, for, thinking of. Got to compromise with the film. Ultra-fast film, ISO 1000 and above. These films are ideal for taking pictures in low light. Indoor sports um, and... It's best used as a last resort. Uh, the, the subjects will come out with a coarse grain structure and uh, will have a gritty feel. So I hope I uh, bluffed my way through film. <laughs> I dabbled with film a little bit as a teenager. I can remember purchasing different speeds. But um, I'm, I'm very much a digital SLR person. I love film, but uh, obviously being allergic to sulfur and all the chemicals, oh... Another probably another hospital trip for me, but uh, these days I just press the ISO button and away we go. Back in the day, I'd have to go through a bag and go, oh, what film speed do I have? So a lot of preparation involved. Um, my film camera was just a point and shoot. It was nothing fancy like my SLRs now. I took it everywhere with me. I still got the negatives because um, being mechanically minded as a teenager, I, I could see the quality difference and I purchased Konica film and that was mainly because uh, we had a Konica film print shop and um, I did try some Fuji film and, and different other brands but I really enjoyed the Konica because the results come out better whether it was just the match between the film and the paper or you know maybe the people took a bit more time processing it because it was Konica, I've got no idea but I've still got all those negatives and I'm in the middle of uh, scanning those negatives and just you know, having a look back on the on the past where it all began with my stumpy tail lizard, which got like about uh, 24 shots or 36 shots, whatever the film length was, because I remember taking it and going, I want to see the lizard, and just rattling off shots so I could fill up the the film so it could uh, you know, get get uh, processed. Now the main issue that um, back in the day. Film doesn't like heat that much. So living in Victoria in the summer, 40 degree plus heat in a car with no air conditioning, we did lose a few uh, rolls of film that way. Um, but apart from that, um, we had to drive 40 kilometres to uh, 
you know, bush time, so 100 kilometre zone in Australia. I had to drive 40 kilometres to get my stuff developed. So I can see, you know, my, my brother spent his money on alcohol. I spent my money on um, CDs because they just come out. The compact discs just come out and photos. And I've still got all those negatives and it's awesome to have. So um, also with the film... I've said just then, like, you have to finish the whole roll. Um, if anyone tampered with the camera and opened it up, you'd lose all your film as well, getting to light before it got developed. So um, just those little things that we sort of, I, I think, forget where everything sort of come from. We're so lucky with digital. Um, press the button, look at the back. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this and we'll do that. Or, you know, instead of... It, it's I, I compare it to... Um, if if um, someone's pregnant and they go, oh, what do you want to know what gender your baby is? Uh, wait the nine months. <laughs> you know, I can understand why people want to know, but I'll be just like, um, you know, yeah, just it's one of those things of the pleasure of developing and um, that surprise that you that you get. You don't have to know things straight away. So, thanks for listening. Um, this is a little bit of a long episode. Sorry about that, but I <laughs> sort of needed that time. But uh, we've got a new email address too. I, I thought that um, people might have been getting... I've had kj at kjx.com for ages. So uh, I was using that. But now we've got kj at kjx.net. So, um, you know, any suggestions, feedback, welcome. So uh, thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. We, we hope to have this as a weekly thing, but because I'm waiting for my knee replacement and I'm bored out of my mind... We've just got another episode. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Communications presents Photo X.